You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, Andre. Hey, guys. Hey, Kent. Welcome to episode two of TFL's Talking Truck. And Andre, today we're going to be talking about everything you need to know to tow everything. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and that's our passion, so it's, it's, it's good, and we have Mr. Truck on the phone. Hey, Kent, thanks well, cool. for joining us. Yeah, oh, you bet, and towing traders can get kind of, you know, can get complicated, and that's why we're doing all this, so you can kind of have an idea of where you're headed. So basically, this episode is all about towing 101, so if you guys are out there considering towing your lawnmower, to consider towing a fifth wheel, to towing big semi-trucks, uh, loads. We're going to be talking about it today, and I'm super excited because, well, we've got a guy called Mr. Truck. Who else knows more about towing than Mr. Truck? Mr. Truck? <laughs> Nobody. Yeah, we've got to look, look far and wide to find that guy. Nobody. Yep. yep, and that would be you. And you've got your CDL, right? You've got your commercial driver's license. Yes, I've had it. I had the first one a long time ago, and you know, back when I was like 16. I got the second one in 2011, all the one what, time. What was that, 1920? When was that, Kent? Oh, I don't know. Some Moses was hanging out a lot, you know, and so we had we had Noah's Ark in the backyard. But no, that was a long time ago. But yeah, and then they changed it. You know, the one tons used to all be rated at twenty six gross combined. Now they went, they jumped to thirty. So almost anybody driving a one ton could be in trouble if they don't have a CDL back in two thousand eleven. But that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's that, that's a perfect segue, Ken, because let's talk about. The different kinds of trucks there are, at least the kind that most of us are buying. We're not talking about big rigs today. We're not talking about commercial trucks, but just trucks that me and you would be buying. And we're going to talk about how much they can haul, how much they can tow. Uh, and then in Act 2 of this podcast, we're going to be talking about the hitch yes, and which is the right one for you. And tongue weight, of course. Can't forget tongue weight. Yeah, and Mr. Truck, you cannot see this right now, but we have a Gen Y glider hitch on our desk. Yeah. Oh, good. That's an adjustable hitch that has a cushion. I remember that one. Yeah. Do you like heavy tongue weight, Andre, or do you go for lighter tongue? Well, anyway, we'll, never mind. We'll that's talk a, about that that's, later. That's a different conversation. <laughs> and then eventually, Act 3, we're going to be talking about um, what you're towing, which is, in other words, the trailer and how they actually fit into this equation, the different kinds of hitches, because there are different kinds of hitches. Uh, and then finally, you know, you need two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, and then at the end, we're going to answer your questions, boys. So let's get started. Andre, why don't you define the different kinds of trucks, please? Yeah, well, there are really three big classifications, right? We have midsize, 
which is like a Toyota Tacoma or Chevy Colorado. We have full-size or half-tons, which is like an F-150, Silverado 1500, Ram 1500, Tundra from Toyota, and so on. And, of course, heavy-duty trucks. And that gets a little bit complicated, right, because there's different types of heavy-duty trucks. Yeah, Ken, what, what are the two diff- mainly two different kinds of heavy-duty trucks? Well, there's three-quarter ton and one ton. You know, one tons uh, can be dually or not. And, yeah, three-quarter tons we're used to, like an F-250 Ford, a 2500 GM, or 2500 Ram. So that's uh, that's the two, you know, the, uh, the both the heavy duties and one's the three-quarter ton and one's the next step up to a, to one-ton dually. Yeah, where did this this half-ton, three-quarter ton, one-ton, where did that come from, dude? I mean, they can, they can haul and tow a lot more than one ton nowadays. <laughs> well, back in the 50s and 60s, that's what they did. A half-ton was like a 100, and it would tow a half a ton, and you know, all the way up there. So that's kind of how they did it now. These trucks all haul twice as much as what they're labeled at. So, you know, that's how it went. Then they went to classifications after that because everybody got confused. But, yeah, that's what you're looking at. You're looking at basically just half tons and heavy duties. And uh, now they got this, these little mini trucks, and they got their own little segment now, the, the midsize. Yep. So let's talk about that, Andre. Um, I guess the easiest way to determine what size truck you need is how much weight you're going to haul. So how much can give or take each category of truck tow? Or do you say trailer? Well, you talk about two things, right? Payload, how yep. much stuff you can put inside of your truck, and also the towing capacity, how much you can pull behind you. And, of course, we'll talk about tongue weight in a second when we're talking about hitches. But for a midsize truck, for example, let's take our brand-new Gladiator Rubicon that we have, right? Yep. So it's an off-road truck. It's a 4 by 4 and it's kind of a lifestyle vehicle. Um, it's a little bit smaller than a full-size half-ton truck. So people in the city usually, you know, tend to gravitate towards that type of truck because you can park it in the garage or, you know, take it somewhere in the downtown area. And payload is around 1,200 pounds on a truck like this. It can vary, right? You can, with more options. You so, know, if you, so, so payload is how much stuff you could put into it. Yeah. And that's not just like bricks in the back, but that includes people, dogs, your power bar, whatever whatever you stick in the truck. Yeah, your family members, whoever you're carrying. Yeah, yeah Fido. Your mother-in-law got to fit, yeah. And, and, how right. much, and how much can that truck tow, give or take? So about 7,000. Okay, 7,000. Yeah. Right. So, so, Kent, what would that mean? What could you tow with that thing? Probably, what, a small boat maybe, uh, you know, your yeah, ATV? That's, that's, yeah, right. That's a recreational vehicle. So exactly, boats and those, uh, the sea dudes, all those things, and a small horse trailer, all the, all the things that, that won't go much over 7,000 pounds will fit those, uh, those midsize. So like a one-horse one or two-horse trailer maybe you could probably do, right, with the horse? Of yeah, course. aluminum trailer. It could be a two horse with aluminum trailer. Yeah, that's you know like the Ranger. What's it to rated seventy seven hundred? That'll pull a two horse trailer. We've done that many times. So, but, but yeah, yeah. Here's a big controversy, Mr. Truck and uh, Roman. Uh, people say you know manufacturer tells you one thing, right? right. They use the J twenty eight hundred seven standard to determine these tow ratings. They say seven thousand pounds. This truck can do it. And we've proven it, you know, several times on the iGauntlet, our Wolf's toughest towing test. But a lot of people say you don't want to push your truck all the way to the limit. Uh, Mr. Truck, what do you say to that? I mean, would you recommend well, towing at the limit or below the limit? Or how and how do you judge that? And before you answer that, Ken, well, if, if you guys don't know what J2807 is, listen to episode one. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Ken. Should, should you tow the limit? Well, should, should you fill up a Gladiator well, a, with 7,000 pounds of stuff? That you're towing. Well, it's a common, yeah, it's a common sense question. Like if you're towing up a big mountain, you may not want to be at that maximum payload. Or and you know sometimes your owner's manual will break it down on how much you lose per altitude. But 
you know, that stuff is, it's, uh, I, I'm coming from the commercial world. So I always towed everything at the maximum because that's how I got paid. That's how I haul and hay, haul and tractors, whatever. So I've always liked that number. And then if I haul an animal like a horse or a llama or something, I went 10% below that because the moving animal has a whole different characteristics to the trailer. You get sway and you get a few other things. So that's how I've looked at it. I, I go for maximum. But then again, it's common sense, mountains, where you're at, you know, all those kind of things, the conditions of it. And uh, that's similar to the 2807. You know, they kept pushing all these numbers, 10% on bumper pulls, 15% on goosenecks. Well, we can get more into that in the trader side of it. But, too, it, it also can some of that changes with weather patterns. If you got really slick roads, you want to be a little heavier on a tongue weight. But, uh, you know, so that we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll, but anyway, we'll, we'll yeah, get to that. that. Tongue yeah. weight's important. And, Andre, I'm listening to this at home, and I'm wondering, where do I find out how much my truck can weigh? How do I tow? And, how much, and where do I find out what the GVWR is, right, which is how much stuff I could put into it? So where is that? If you're thinking about buying a truck or if you have a truck, how do you find those numbers? Well, first of all, if you think about buying the truck, yep. uh, go to tfltruck.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> or mrtruck.com. <laughs> yep. For sure. Yeah, there's, no, there's but, a book, too. There's a book that has that in it. Yeah. Uh, we also wrote a book several years ago called Truck Nuts Book. But um, if you don't want to go to those places, but you should, uh, if you don't want to go to those places, you go to the manufacturer website, and they actually can uh, give you the specifications. But if you already have a truck, just open your driver door and look in the lower door sill, and there'll be a sticker. And GM, for example, started uh, about a year and a half ago doing this wonderful thing where they actually show you a sticker. On the sticker, it says not only your gross vehicle weight rating, which is the maximum weight you can have inside of your truck, but also your maximum towing and payload numbers right there for the specific truck you have. Boom. And if you don't have a GM, right, um, all trucks will give you the payload sticker, basically the exact payload that your truck will be able to carry. So website, manufacturer website, sticker in the door jam, that'll tell you how much the maximum. It won't tell you how much. It'll right. tell you the maximum. Right. If you're well, yeah, really yeah, – go ahead. Oh, go on the GM. That actually tells you what that truck will haul, which is really neat. And then Ram has a website. You can put in the VIN number, and it'll tell you exactly what that truck will haul, which is good. And I want to say this because I want to embarrass Ford into doing something. They're the hardest website of any of the manufacturers to find out what a particular truck will hold with its options and all those things on it. So that's why I want to bring that up. Ford, get it done. Get it done. Ram did it. GM did it. It's your turn. And here's the book, of course. Here's the book for all you guys out there watching this. It's uh, TFL Truck Nuts. Um, TFL's guide to all things pickup, and we've got a cool and we discuss these topics there in the book. Yeah, we've got a whole big raptor up there. But I think you guys bring up something that's really important, and that, of course, is that even if let's say let's just stick with the Gladiator, right? One Gladiator will not tow the same as another Gladiator because uh, it depends what the options are. Once again, now you're talking about GVWR, how heavy it is. So, for instance, a good rule of thumb is a two-wheel drive truck will tow more than a four-wheel drive truck. So if you want max towing, go for a two-wheel drive truck. Another good rule of thumb is you know, a, a, a two-door or whatever the diff- short cab, short cab yeah. will tow more than a, a long cab, you know, a crew cab, whatever the – the designation is by manufacturer. Basically, the more stuff you put into a truck, the less it will tow. So let's jump to half tons, Andre. How much can those tow? So the best half ton right now, now we're moving up into the Ford F-150, Silverado 1500, Ram 1500, all of those guys. Um, the best one for 2020 right now is actually Silverado 1500. 
if you equip it in a very specific way, and we're going to be, you know, we're going to have to talk about this a little bit more, um, with a 6.2 V8, a 10-speed automatic, maximum towing package, which means has additional cooling, all that good stuff, 13,400 pounds is currently the maximum for a half ton. And that's a crazy number, dude. I mean, 13,400 pounds. It's not a half ton. It's no longer a half ton. It's, it's <laughs> a long ways away. <laughs> it's many, many ton. Uh, and uh, actually, Ford is at 13,200. So they're fighting each other really closely. And of course, you know, some of the other manufacturers are not far behind. Uh, but I've never actually towed 13,000 with a half ton truck before. Have you, Mr. Truck? Oh, many times. Like I tell you, I, I go to the maximum unless in the mountains, of course, they back off some. But yeah, I, my trucks have to pay for themselves, so I, I, I work them. I don't just play with them. I don't go to coffee in one. I pull traders with them. Wait a minute. I saw you at Starbucks like a month ago. All right. Uh, so let's that ta- wasn't me. Let's, let's talk about what that means. So what can you tow realistically with a half ton? Let, let's, you can tow a big, you know, mid, pretty good-sized boat. Like you have a boat, right, Andre? It's like 6,000 pounds. You could tow that easily with it. You could tow uh, a much bigger horse trailer. You could tow a toy hauler. What else would people be towing with half tons? Well, so uh, camping trailers comes in many sizes, yes. right? I mean, I've seen, oh, my gosh, these uh, camping trailers, bumper poles from the hitch, from the bumper, that are 30, 32 feet long. And, I mean, that's getting to that area where, you know, a half ton can technically pull it, but what about wind resistance, right? I mean, you're towing this gigantic thing. And you have to think about a good rule of thumb is if your half ton truck weighs, for example, 5,500 pounds yep. just by itself yep. with no people, nothing in it, like a Silverado 1500 would be. Uh, and if your trailer weighs 13,000 pounds, that's almost three times, right? So you just need to kind of think of those things. You don't want your trailer be like three times as heavier than your truck. Yeah, I'm always thinking of those things when we're going down the Ike Gauntlet uh, and there's a runaway truck ramp. That's exactly what I'm thinking of, Kent. <laughs> yeah, well, those are for those semis. They don't have brakes. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And then, uh, Kent, what other things can you tow? I mean, you could probably tow what? A car with it, right? That's a, that, that'd be or another truck. Yeah. Another truck. Yeah, yeah, that's real popular using for a car trader, tilt trader, whatever those traders. But, you know, another thing to bring up on that, when what's so cool about that sticker that GM puts in the doors is it'll show you the difference between a gooseneck and a bumper pull. Generally, over the last 100 years, the gooseneck always had a higher weight rating on a truck. But now it does on a heavy duty, but on the half tons we're talking about, it a lot of times is lower. Like the truck I'm sitting in now, 2020-1500, with that 6.2 engine in it, and it shows me at 9,300 pounds on a conventional trader bumper pull. Mm-hmm. It shows me only at 7,700 on a gooseneck, and that's all new. They didn't used to do that. But on the half tons, they changed that. I have no idea why. Makes no sense because you get a little better weight distribution. I know why. Hold on, we, we guys are skipping way ahead. That's what about your hitch? We're not, I, I know why. This is a half ton. This is about half ton trucks. So go right. ahead. Why? Yes. Uh, because uh, the tongue weight on a fifth wheel or gooseneck is a lot heavier, right? So you're talking about yeah. like twenty percent, maybe between fifteen and twenty five percent. So right. I think because of those half ton trucks don't have enough payload, which we always say talk about in our videos. Yeah. Uh, I right. think that's that's why they have to decrease that maximum trailer Once weight. again, let's not skip ahead to our Act 2 here, boys. Ooh. All right, Kent. Finally, there are basically two flavors of um, three-quarter ton and one-ton trucks or heavy-duty trucks. How much can they tow and what can you tow with them? What kind of trucks are they? There's really only three well, manufacturers, right? Yeah, the one-ton dualies, you're getting up there, you know, 30,000 to 37,000. 
and that's on a dually, and that's you know a certain specified truck. It's a two-wheel drive single cab, so you got to watch that too. Don't go get your loaded trucks and think they're going to haul thirty-seven thousand. And the other one on the three-quarter ton, you can get up in the mid twenties. 20,000, 25,000, all that for towing with, you know, like an F-250, 2,500 GM or Ram. So that's uh, that's the big step for the traders. you got to know what you're doing when you tow those traders. And that's the size of the big fifth wheel RV traders, toy haulers, you know, flatbeds. The commercial guys getting into the, the 350s and the 3,500s, they tow the big loads, you know, over 30,000 pounds. The hot shotters going up and down the road with those 40-foot traders like we used mm-hmm. a month ago. Yeah, exactly right, Kit. And- uh, let me ask you this. Um, what is the advantage of a dually, let's say you get a 3500, right, versus a single rear wheel? Because those are two different kinds of heavy-duty trucks that you can get. Why do people want duallys? What's the biggest advantage of them? Well, duallys are just fun to drive through drive-through windows and watch your fenders fall off. No, I'm not <laughs> You got extra tires, so you got extra braking. You also have extra cushions, so if you blow a tire, you have a little more time with a dually because you might have one tire that still works for a little while but that's what they are for the bigger loads and that helps you on cornering a lot of things that extra extra tire in the back it it handles better it does a lot of things but it also costs you fuel and other considerations but you know it's 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 a safety factor and more tire cost right because you need six tires versus only yeah that's true yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, more stability, too. And, Andre, Big uh, stability. before we get into the different kinds of uh, hitches and the way you can hook up a trailer to them, what about the Titan XD? What, what, where does that fit into? That's a really weird kind of diesel truck with the Cummins. Why is that? Where does that fit into this? Sure. They still make that truck? I thought they were discontinued. Oh, oh go ahead. heck yeah, they make it. <laughs> no. Oh, not the diesel, though. Diesel's gone. Yeah, yeah so the diesel uh, Nissan Titan XD has, the engine has been discontinued, but the Titan, uh, the Titan XD truck is still there. And it, th- that's what they call a tweener truck, right? Yeah. It tries to split the difference between the full-size half-ton and the heavy-duty truck. So it has a capability somewhere in the middle, or at least that's what they were you know, trying to hit, right? And a lot of other manufacturers, they don't call them tweener trucks. But, for example, the latest 2020 heavy-duty trucks, like the 2500 Silverado heavy-duty we recently tested, uh, had a classification weight somewhere in this gray area. You know, it was over 10,000 pounds, which just technically makes it like a one-ton, but they didn't call it a one-ton. So there could be gray areas in here, but if you want basically a big, beefy truck, the Titan XD has a big frame, yep. right? Big wheel hubs, you know, just strong brakes, and the Titan XD is meant for hauling. That's kind of what it and, is. And actually, that brings up a great question for you, Kent. Um, what do they do to make a truck tow more weight? So when you step up from a half ton to a three-quarter ton and then to you know a one ton, what physically changes in the truck? Because oftentimes well, the engines don't change, right? Uh, but, right. But something has to change to make it capable of towing more. Well, we covered that magic spring dust in the last episode, <laughs> but this time they, they sometimes they do a little more. I mean, when they get to the heavier weights, uh, like you go to a one ton, in some cases they've got a heavier frame, they've got some heavier springs. They used to be, you know, they're almost the same spring stack in all of them, but now they usually use a little different spring where it's one extra leaf or whatever it is. And, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's it's not easy to do, but they still use the same tires, the same Templi tires. And, uh, you know, the the wheels, that's why they're kind of limited to a 17. The backbone sometimes time. changes. How about axles? Do they use bigger axles? Not necessarily. At times there is, but you just like on a Ford, say going from a 350 to a 450, they are different axles. 
but they, you know, it, it, max towing capacity, you probably could get a 350 with a better axle than what a 250 would have. Lugs? More lugs? So it, it's, you know, no, they're all going to be eight, except when you get into the, the 45, the 450s and all that, then they go, you can go to a 10. But no, eights are all the way from three-quarter ton to through a one-ton dually are all eights, eight bolt wheels. But half-tons are six, usually six lug nuts. And, uh, yeah, and, I think they're all six now, yeah. And, and since we're still on heavy-duty trucks, the, probably the biggest difference between the two besides the three-quarter ton and the and the one-ton is the fact that some come with diesel engines and some come with gas engines. What's the difference between those two, Andre? What's the biggest difference between getting, like, the F-250 with the 7.3 or getting it with the Super Duty uh, um with a big power diesel. stroke, yeah. Uh, well, it's usually just the uh, towing capacity. So if you look at the spec sheets, and by the way, Mr. Chuck, you're right. Ford needs to make it easier for people to look up their numbers. Um, they do have a towing guide online, but it's it's a document that you have to open. Uh, you can go between, you know, if you don't have a diesel, um, uh, you're looking at around 22,000 pounds of towing, let's say. And if you do have a diesel, you can go up to 30,000, 31, or above to about 37,000. So it's just um, basically the capability and also the braking power, right? A diesel truck has yeah. what's called an exhaust brake, which is basic, basically um, because it's a turbocharged engine, a diesel engine is, um, it can actually vary the turbo veins and actually provide back pressure. So just kind of like putting a hand over the exhaust pipe, basically and help to slow down the vehicle because when you know it's one thing to get the load moving right but it's a whole nother story to stop it and ken is that called a jake brake or is that something different well that jake was brake invented it so that's why they call it a jake brake but that's in on a semi it's actually an oil pressure thing opens and closes valves on the heads and on a, on a pickup truck like we're talking about it's just sticking a potato in the exhaust pipe it's a butterfly that closes off the exhaust gives you back potato pressure. so or do you say yeah, potato, potato. <laughs> You yes. stick a potato, but yeah. but you know, Andre. Another thing between the diesels, you know, they weigh more, like six hundred pounds more for a diesel. So in some lighter on the, on the lower end of the scale, they sometimes the gas engine is ready to tow more and ready for higher payload because it doesn't have that heavy engine in it. So you get all the, there's so many things to look at in there. So it's not black and white that the diesel will haul more. In some cases, it doesn't. But there, you know, that's uh, that's is, very confusing. There, there is one just like a tweener. There is one black and white thing about it though, and that is that the diesel will always cost more. Yes, about ten thousand yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't. Not in a half ton class. The 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 Chevy they have the same price on their six two gas as they do on that five liter yeah, inline in, in six the, diesel. In the big boy trucks, they do cost more. Oh yeah, big boys. You're right. Big boys, they cost eight thousand more or more. Yeah, and then you also have to add diesel exhaust fluid, which is going to be a little bit more expensive to operate. Uh, and hopefully, when you're hauling heavy, you're going to get better fuel economy. Well, yeah, the diesels will beat the gas engines when you're hauling heavy, but then you know that you got more expensive diesels. You got expense, more expensive oil changes, more expensive almost everything you do on a diesel costs you more money. So you got to be making money with that, and you got to you know get a long life out of them for them to pay off. We talk about that in the book. Yep. All right, let's skip to Act Two, which is where we go talk about tongue weight and the three different kinds of Hitches, ways. Yeah, basically. you can hitch a truck up to a trailer. So let's start with the one that everybody's familiar with, and that, of course, is the bumper pull. Andre, what's the advantage of a bumper pull? And, uh, you know, kind of define what that is. And you've got the visual. You can see here, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it, of course, if you're listening to this 
Yeah, if you're listening yeah. to this, uh, it's basically a hitch that hangs below the bumper. And when people say bumper pull, it's just kind of an industry term. You know, it's a conventional hitch that's stuck on the back frame of your truck, right? I, and, and it's usually a two-inch receiver. Yeah, I was going to say, can, are there different size receivers? You know, those little balls that sit in the hitch. And what, what, how does that work? Why do you need different sizes of balls for your truck? And I'm not talking about truck nuts. I'm talking about receiver hitches. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're, they're rated differently. You know, you can go to Walmart and pick up a, a 2 and 5 sixteenths ball like most goosenecks use, and it might be rated at 7,000 or 5,000, but you may, you may want one that's rated at 30,000. So those balls are rated, and the bigger the ball, the more, the more they tow. Basically, but you still got to watch that. You got to read the top of that ball because some that's confusing too by some of these stores that don't sell you know traders all the time and trader accessories. But yeah, then you know the hitches like now we've got two inch receivers on a class three receiver hitch. Most half tons class three two inch receiver. And that's just, let me just step. define that. What you're talking about now is how the hitch actually slots into the truck, right? The the, the square box. part. Yep. Yeah, because there's yeah, different the size. Part. Yeah, there's if you if you're like driving around and you see a Prius with a bicycle rack on it it'll have this little tiny like one and a quarter yeah right because all it's doing is carrying around a bicycle but if you're talking about a big old hitch like sitting on our desk here that's a two inch receiver that's much bigger right just much more capable right right and then you get out of that half ton class into the heavy duties now you're talking two and a half inch receiver so the whole thing has to be bigger and you know what we've been doing for years is using a reducer from a two inch to a two and a half and I'm hearing from some of these trader manufacturers that I'm going to interview next week that using that reducer could also lower your weight rating because you get a shear factor on that pin. But that's another story. But that Ford even has one of these receiver hitches that's three inches. So it's almost mm-hmm. like two reducers to use that one that you have that giant three-inch uh, shaft on your on your hitch. So, yeah, that, and those are all rated separately. The balls are rated. So okay, we got to stop one, this balls and shafts. We're just getting a little. Dude, this too, is technical. This is this is this is, this is, is kid friendly. So let's just watch your language, guys. We are still kid friendly. All right, we're still very. Well, polite. we're talking trucks. This is how truck people talk. That's what we have. We have shafts and balls. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> All right. What's what's the pros and cons of a bumper pull? I mean, how heavy can you go, and uh, what happens when you uh, run out of um, so mainly capacity? So mainly when you're watching a commercial on TV and somebody says, you know, Toyota Tacoma can tow 7,000 pounds, they're talking about bumper hitches, right? right? That's generally what most people use because they're the simplest to hook up, right? Uh, usually, and, and at one point, they actually were part of the bumper. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. then they were the, the yeah they were the actual bumper in, at one point. Yes. Yeah, and that was not as highly rated. I yeah. mean, you could maybe pull you know a thousand pounds with that, but not seven thousand pounds on your. So how high can you go on a bumper pull now? What's the highest you think? How much can you tow? Well, so if, do you it depends. On, it depends on what type of truck you have. If you have a heavy duty right. like like Mister Truck is saying with a three inch square receiver, yep. you can tow up to twenty two thousand. I mean, you can go up all the way. You know, you can pull a big flat deck with like a like some sort of an excavator on top of it, right? Yeah. I mean, you can do that. Um, yeah. But they're the simplest to hook up. So whenever you th- see like F-150 can tow 13,000 pounds, they're talking about bumper pull hitches. And usually two-inch uh, two inch balls and two-inch uh, basically receiver on the, squ- the square part of the hitch itself. All right, Kent, what's a fifth wheel and how does that hook up? Tell me, can I describe it? And let's well, talk about what, how what – industry that's used for and how people hook them up and how uh, they are, you know, in some ways better than bumper pulls. Well, they're, they're, they're also in that gooseneck classification, but gooseneck is rated higher for most cases. But the fifth wheel 
it's for the RVs, the industry is where it came from, and it's like a miniature semi, a mini fifth wheel. Semis have a great big fifth wheel and a big kingpin. This kingpin slides through the triangle and hooks up, and that's how the uh, what we call the mini uh, fifth wheels do now. And that way, a lot of times you can look out your back window and watch it connect. It's close enough or high enough you can see it. So a lot of the RV people and you know the gray-haired people, the blue-haired people have retired. They've always kind of liked that because it looks like a semi-system, so it makes them feel like they're big time. And then it also is easier to hook up because you're funneling into a triangle. So, but the thing is, is they've never been rated that high. Now, now Ford and Ram both have shot them way up there, but still not rated as high as a gooseneck. A gooseneck, that ball and socket connection is a stronger connection. So the fifth wheel guys are, are trying to get higher and better. That's mostly what it is. It's an RV type hitch. Now that you go, to, do you want me to ask talk about the goosenecks next? Yeah, why, or, why not? You, you mentioned it. Let's talk about the gooseneck. Go. Well, yeah, the goose, yeah and that looks like a gooseneck. That's pretty straightforward, right? right. It's, it's like right. like this thing that comes out from the trailer that's at you know mainly at the height of the roof and then comes down and attaches to the bed of the truck in the middle of your in bed. The middle, yeah. yeah, yeah, the ball, yeah, like right in front of the axle, unless you're GM, right? And that that rascal is usually a two and five sixteenths ball. Now, recently, we had to get a three inch ball for our I gauntlet because that forty foot trailer we had a three inch coupler which they've been using in Australia for 20 years. So now it's coming up here. You get over 30,000 pounds, you should go with three-inch ball. But they're all set up the same, and the, you, you still have to have safety chains like you do on a bumper pole. And those, you, it's, it's easier to back them up because the pivot point's different. Backing up a bumper pole, you're swinging all over the place. Much easier to back up a gooseneck or a fifth wheel. But it's a quicker connection. It's a ball and socket, so it's a tighter connection. You know, a fifth wheel, you go down these roads where there's a lot of expansion joints, and you kind of rock forward and back on a fifth wheel. A gooseneck, you don't. It's a nice, tight, solid connection. And, you know, it's better even for off-road if you're out there and feeding the cows, whatever you're doing, going through the ditches, they're made to articulate. Where a fifth wheel used to be all they did was tip forward and back. And then they, like five years ago, they started going left and right. So you have some articulation with them now, but nothing beats a ball and a socket like your shoulder. So that's what that's what they do, and that's why they're they're so popular. And, two, it's a ball. It's you, you pull a pin, you get rid of the ball. Where a fifth wheel, you and your two buddies and a dog have to lift the thing out. They're 200 pounds or whatever they are. They're not easy to take out of a truck. Most people just hook them to the fifth wheel and then jack up the fifth wheel and leave them hooked to the fifth wheel on their campers. But, uh, yeah, so goosenecks are simpler. They're stronger and all those things, and they articulate better. And so that's, who, that's who uses I goosenecks? Like I was just in Moab, and I saw, get this, it was an uh, ATV hauler. There was a gooseneck. It was kind of tilted yeah. down. And I think they had uh, probably, gosh, four side-by-sides on it and maybe one ATV. It was crazy. Right, it was yeah, almost like so, a car hauler, but it was a gooseneck. So, what industry uses goosenecks? Well, you know the hot shots, the guys yeah. who haul those forty-foot flatbeds, they use goosenecks. Most of your farmers, most of your stock traders, your horse traders are goosenecks, in you know almost all flatbeds. So, they're they're the big big spectrum of trailers use that. We use that. That's what we use in all of our videos is a gooseneck. So it's it's a simpler setup. It's a stronger setup. And it, it fits a lot of classifications, and some people will convert their fifth-wheel RV trader to a gooseneck. You can do that also. Now, now Andre, if you buy a heavy-duty truck, you can just hook up a bumper pull to it, but you can't do that with a fifth-wheel or a gooseneck. Why not? What do, what do you have to do to actually have – and uh, let's face it, these are – the gooseneck and the fifth wheel are basically in heavy-duty trucks. I don't think people use them very much in half-tons, and they certainly never use them in, in mid-sized trucks. Right, although you can use it in a half-ton truck if you had to or if you But really what do you have to do to. if you want one of those kind of hitches? You have to buy a hitch. Yeah. 
Right. It doesn't usually come. Uh, I mean, um, your truck, your regular truck, you have to specify what type of hitch you buy. So let's say you're buying a three-quarter ton, right, right? an F-250 yep. or a Chevy 2500 or a Ram 2500. And if you don't check that box that says gooseneck fifth wheel prep package, yep. that's what they call it. If you don't – and it's usually cost about 1000 bucks. And what do you get for that when you check um, that box? So, so basically if you imagine – Taking off the bed of your truck, completely clear off. Yep. Sorry. If you take off the bed of your truck and you see the naked frame and you put the two cross members and that's how you mount that gooseneck or fifth wheel hitch to the frame. And then you put the bed on top of it, yeah. drill a hole through the bed, yeah. boom, you have a hitch. So if you want to retrofit it, you got to take off. Ken, if you want to retrofit a fifth wheel or a gooseneck to an existing three-quarter ton truck, you got to go and take the bed off pretty much? Is that right? No, no, no. Very seldom is that done. Yeah. Some places do. Most of the time, you just drill the holes through the bed and you put the pieces underneath. There's a piece that slides from frame to frame, and there's, and there's angle lines that go frame to frame. All three pieces bolt together, and it bolts to a fish plate on the outside of the frame. So you can do it all by not taking the bed off at all. That's a, it, It's uncommon to take the bed off to install that. So they, and then, you know, the factories, they'll, they'll do them right in the factory in the, in the line and then throw the bed on top of it. But, yeah, it's, it's not that hard. I've done several of them. And, but it's, uh, but it's know, not quite as easy as, for example, like mounting a, a bumper pull hitch, right? Right, you got to you got to drill that hole for the big ball. You try to measure it twice. You only have to drill a hole once. Then you put in the holes for the safety chains, and then you run those three pieces of two angle arms and a channel from frame to frame rail. And then you put the outside fish plate and you bolt all that together. So yeah, it it easily takes two hours. It's not no, it's nothing like the bumper pull. Right. Even a receiver hitch is faster to put on than those are. All right, now finally, guys, now we can get to it. <laughs> Tongue weight. Now that we've talked about the different kinds of trucks and the different kinds of hitches, let's talk about how much weight you can legally haul and or you could smartly haul. So what is tongue weight? What is a truck's capacity? And how do the two work together, Andre? Yeah, so tongue weight, think about it as the amount of weight that the trailer pushes down on your truck with. So if you have a bumper pull hitch, like behind your bumper, um, it's the amount of weight that the actual trailer tongue or the, the actual um, receiver of the trailer pushes down on your, on your truck. And for a bumper pull conventional trailer, it should be around 10%. So if you're hauling 7,000 pounds total weight of your trailer when it's sitting by itself, the tongue weight should be around 700 pounds. Uh, that's kind of the rule of thumb. What happens if it's more and what happens if it's less, Ken? What ends up happening? Well, if it's less, it can, you can get a little more sway out of the truck, and that's just like balancing your load on the trailer. All those things can affect how the trailer handles. But if it's, you know, it, it's not going to hurt you as long as your, weight, your load's balanced to have a little less. A little more, that's when you're starting to put pressure on brake bearings and brakes and all those kinds of things. Uh, you know, relating, and that's what why they do that 10% is try to, to make sure you do balance your load so that you're not overloading the hitch, you know, and that's 10% of, of the weight of the trader loaded. So that that's the safety part where you need to adhere to that. And it's, you know, goosenecks, it's the same thing. It's, it's weight on that gooseneck, but the goosenecks, the SAE says 17, they start off by saying 20%, and then they argued about it thinking, you know, the whole idea, this is something you need to know when you're looking for a truck, is... The weight, like we talked about, the payload may not equal what the tongue weight is. And so if they would have stayed at 20%, it would have been easier to match, but now they're at 15%. So they can give you this giant trailer number that you can never reach because you don't have enough payload left for the tongue weight. Because tongue weight comes off of the payload. 
which you know is what we talked about, which your mother-in-law, and you know, what you put in the truck, your dog, your gas tanks, and the tongue of the trailer. That that all equals payload. So uh, that's the number you got to be careful with on these trucks, especially so, the half ton. So let, let me define a couple of really important things here that, that you guys kind of went through really quickly. And so let me back up this truck just a little bit. So the first thing, Andre, that Kent talked about was um, getting the load right. And I guess the easiest way to explain that is let's say you have a flatbed trailer and you're pulling a car onto it, right? You're going to haul the car. Now, you, mm-hmm. you've got a couple of choices. Let's say that trailer is what? Let's say it's an 18-foot trailer, right? And the car is how many feet? Well, let's say your, your wheelbase is about, you know, 11 feet, right? right? So so you can take that car and you could push it all the way forward or you could push it all the way back or you could put it in the middle. So that's what Ken's talking about when he said balancing the load, right? And if you take that car and you think think that it's a front-engine car, unless it's, of course, a Porsche, mm-hmm. right, it's going to have all the weight on the front. And if you push that car all the way forward, what's going to happen to your tongue weight? Well, you're going to increase your tongue yep. weight, right? right? So now you're having more squat on the truck, yep. right, because you're pushing on the truck with a heavier load. You're increasing your tongue weight. And, I mean, it's okay if your truck can handle it. But what if your truck cannot handle it? And so how do you know how much you can't? How do you know how much weight you're putting on the on the tongue? I, I, this is we have a we have a genie hitch here. They have a solution to that problem. How do you know how much weight? Well, that's that's something we use as scales, and it takes about three times across the scales to do that. Or something like a weight safe. They have a scale built into the hitch. And now they've got a weight distributing, so you can actually change it by moving the spring arms. So that's another story. But what you would do is you know you wait, go wait, wait, Let the me truck. just stop See, you right there. So genie has a hitch, the weight safe. Gen, Gen oh, Y, sorry, Gen, 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 Gen Y. Gen Y has okay, a hitch. Yeah. Uh, that that actually has a little, uh, me, uh, uh, well, they, it's they a, have a scale. Yeah, yeah there's, a, a scale, there's a little scale in it, yeah. so it'll show you how much yeah. weight is on that tongue. Yeah. So, for example, right, a right. torsion hitch like yeah. this, and if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you will know um, because um, when you put weight on this, it moves, right? And they have a little, you know, gradation, right? That kind of tells you how much weight you might be put putting on, or like the weight safe hitch, where your actual dial will show you. Yeah, it'll show you. It'll give you a number. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, so now that we've talked about how to center your load, does it matter whether you have uh, a two axle trailer versus a one axle? How does that affect the load? Well, a one a one axle. Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna say, let's talk about uh, decreasing tongue weight. You mentioned the car pulling on the trailer, right? right? Let's say you decided for whatever reason, I'm going to put my car in the way back of this trailer on this flat deck, and you're decreasing the tongue weight, um, and that becomes dangerous, like Mr. Truck was saying. Now the rear end of the trailer is heavier than the front by a lot, and now the trailer can sway. Yeah, we haven't gotten that. You're, you're, go, you're way ahead of me again, Andre. I'm just going to get to that. Okay. How about let's talk about the axles. How, how does the number of axles on a trailer determine where you place the load? It doesn't really affect you unless, um, I mean, a single axle trailer like a boat trailer would yeah, be. Yeah. Um, right, you have to be more right. sensitive, right, because you only have one pivot point basically on this trailer. Double axle is a little bit easier because you're spreading out the weight, right, Mr. Truck? Well, the thing with a single axle, because you don't have to be level, where on a dual axle you do need to be you try to level them out so the both brakes are working the same, both weight on the bearings the same. But a single axle, you can actually be nose up a little bit. It's not going to affect it because it's still pushing on one tire. It's not relating to another tire or another axle. So, you you know, like my off-road one, sometimes we have the hitch a little higher. It's not really going to affect anything. But on a, on a double, you're trying to get the weight split between the two axles. So, you know, if, if it happens to be a leaf spring with a shackle in the middle, you can look at the middle between the tires, and there's that triangular piece that connects the leaf springs. If that's setting pretty level, then you're pretty level. And you can also see the distance between the tire and the fender. So you're looking for all those kind of things. 
things as a rule of thumb to see how level you are, because that's what you're trying to do after you put the car on there. So you may even need to move it forward or back to see those axles looking level between the tire and the fender and that middle piece on the spring. If that looks level, then you're really close. The other, I can tell you the more complicated way to do, which is the most accurate, is you weigh it about four times. You know, you weigh the truck by itself, then you weigh the truck with the trailer, and then you weigh the truck with the trailer on the back, but only the truck on the scale. And then you can get you can get what that payload is from or what the tongue weight is from those numbers. And that's, you know, but that takes a lot of running, a lot of money across the scales. But the things like Gen Y gives you an idea with that little gauge and way safe. They have an actual circular gauge. It tells you there's getting more and more things out there to, to do it. But it is. I do it in my eyeball because I've been towing so long and I can figure it out. It's like when we load those that 40-foot trailer or those 30-foot, I kind of figured out where the weight should be on that first axle. And that's how we level it out. And we came in really close whenever we actually weighed it to get the tongue weight. Now, people, so, you know, you, people might be wondering, Kent, how do you weigh a trailer? And, of course, that you go to a cat scale usually, right? That's a, a scale that's yeah. truck stop, at a truck stop. And usually those are like 10, 12 bucks for two ways, right? You get a first way and then you get a reway. Uh, and uh, um, that's how you figure out some of this stuff. Uh, obviously, commercial yeah. truckers use it for something else, but that's one way to do it. Now, Andre, you, you were exactly right when you skipped ahead because all this comes down to one very dangerous thing, and that is trailer sway, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you get the weight wrong, that trailer is going to sway, and then you've got a situation potentially where the tail is wagging the dog. And that's You're when- right, and that's, that's, that's true. That's with a light trailer. A light trailer, you can, if you load it too far back, you can create sway. And then what, what, what's, what's sway and how, how, why is it dangerous, Kent? Because ultimately you can lose control of the load and the truck. That's true. That means the tail is wagging the dog and the back end is swinging around. And, you know, you know you got big problems because eventually it'll start swinging wilder and wilder. And pretty soon the truck's involved. And now you're doing a wild, crazy whip out there and you're going to go off the road. Now, what people need to remember about that, of course, you need to stop and reposition your load, do whatever you need to do to balance that tongue weight. But if that happens, don't grab your foot brake. Do never grab your foot brake. In a sway controls situation, you grab the, the independent trader brake controller that's on your dash somewhere. And that will just break the trader. That straightens the snake out and will control the sway until you can get over and adjust your load. It's a very important thing to do. A lot of people get killed or have crashes because once the trader starts swaying, they don't know what to do, and they hit the foot brake, and now they're swaying more. They're in a skid. They're going sideways, and they're trying to run over me. Yep, and you got a jackknife, and then it's all all over. Um, yeah. So let's talk about um, – Kind of, you just brought it up, trailer brakes, right? Because that's the next thing, right? Uh, some trucks, uh, especially heavy-duty trucks and most most half-ton trucks now will come with a trailer brake controller, which allows you to independently uh, brake the brakes on the trailer. But a lot of trucks won't have that. So, Andre, you want to go into kind of the difference between what, what size trucks have it, how trailers actually plug into the truck, and what what that does for you, how you can change the numbers and what those numbers mean on the brake controller if you have one. Yeah, really quickly. So the mid-size trucks with, yep. that we started the show with, like a Toyota Tacoma, uh, does not come when you equip it with a hitch and a towing package. The trailer brake controller is usually not included, which is kind of strange in my opinion. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little like, uh, oh gosh, it's a little fob that you pull on. Right. right, that activates the brakes in the trailer, and then you can, with buttons, usually set a number. What do those numbers mean? So the gain is basically electricity, and Mr. Truck can explain this a little bit better than I can probably, but usually it's between 0 and 10, 
right? So 10 is the most you can do. And zero is, of course, no break, no trailer breaks whatsoever. So usually you obviously have to be, have, find a happy medium. So Mr. Chuck, can you talk a little bit about uh, what if you bought a brand new trailer? Uh, what's the procedure? Sure. How do you set your gain? And, you know, how much braking do you need? And by the way, I think it's important yeah. to say that it's, it's the trailers, the gain number isn't just when you grab it. It's also when you push on the brake of the right. truck, right? It, it does the same thing no matter – one way you just do it manually. The other way you do it automatically because when you're pushing on the brake of the truck, it's also braking. It sends a signal yeah, basically. Exactly. Right, yes. right. And yeah, and they're proportional brakes, most of them. So they actually – I'll talk just some of that part of it. But – yeah, the, when you get a new trailer, like we always have end up with new traders, and a lot of times the brakes aren't as effective because they're not burnished in. And a disc brakes burnish in really fast, but a, a drum brake, like most trailer brakes, are electric drum. Well, that's a circle. So your brakes first start pushing on the outside drum with those two pads, the brake shoes. They only push on part of that brake drum, usually the top. And so as they wear in pretty soon, now the whole circle fits the drum. That that's what gives you the best braking power. So you want to get to that point as quickly as possible. So when you first get one, you'll turn the. You don't want to be a regular gain like say six or seven. You may want to be set it up to eight or so and nine, so that when you do stop, it puts pressure on the brakes and will wear the brakes in. That's called burnishing. And a lot of times we do it. The brand new trader will go out and we'll stop. You know, you'll hit. You get up to twenty miles an hour, hit the brakes, and you do that like twenty times, and then that wears in the brakes. That's what. That's what. That's for a brand new trailer, it. right? So uh, how, yeah, that's how about, burnishing. The- how about if you if you have an existing trailer and you want to know how much braking the trailer should do? You know, it you should, should test be, your brakes before yeah. you leave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How do, yeah, how do you do that? A, Let's walk walk you through that. that. Well, that's the manual control that I you, you do for sway control, but also you know you roll forward with the truck and you hit the trailer brakes and you see if they stop, if they lock up, or if they just coast. So then you can set the brakes according to that. So you test run the truck with just the brake, uh, the manual controller pushing it, squeezing you squeeze it, it together. On the dash. Yes. Yeah, you squeeze it, and that's uh, that'll tell you how much braking you got back there. So you kind of dial it in that way. And once the trailer's broken in and your brakes are all burnished in, then you can set it to a normal setting of, say, six. So, so, so but, basically, yeah. like, you know, five or six is kind of where it feels comfortable. But if, if you're doing that test and you hit the manual controller and the brakes lock up, you probably got the gain too high. Mm-hmm. And if you hit right. the manual controller and nothing happens, you probably got the gain too low. But there's Right, right. There's and that, that depends on what brake control you have, too, because some of them are really smart. You can put settings in there of how you, if you want it to, to apply brakes when you're sitting in a stop sign. You can put it if you want to put more brakes with a bigger trailer or less brakes with a lighter trailer. Some of that's very adjustable and better brake controllers. So you can figure all that out because naturally a loaded trailer is going to brake differently than an empty trailer. And this if is, you get a brake controller that does that, then you can it's all automatic. But otherwise, you want to watch that stuff. So you may want to turn the brake controller up once you're loaded. And this is very important because let's let's look at a scenario, right? We talked about midsize truck. Let's say you've got a midsize truck, the Gladiator, and you've loaded it up to seven thousand pounds, um, and you have no brake controller. Basically, all that's keeping you from that runaway truck ramp is the brakes on the truck. Mm-hmm. Which, or manually shifting. Yeah, you may have to manually shift that transmission. Which is really not good, right? Because that's a lot of weight <laughs> pushing down on the back of a truck. No, because you're doubling the truck's weight, basically. Yeah. Right? yeah. If, you, if yeah. the truck weighs 6,000 pounds with people, and if the trailer weighs 7,000 pounds, you just tax the truck's brakes 
double, right? Right. And most brakes won't handle it. And they, they'll and, just burn. And, th- and this is the other part that is a big difference between towing with trucks and towing with SUVs. Most SUVs, right, and we're talking about big SUVs as well, don't have built-in brake controllers. Like a Ford Expedition, for right. example. Right. Uh, like a Nissan Armada. Yeah, those guys, don't, you have to install an aftermarket unit. Yeah, and, and you don't have to, but I would say I wouldn't tow without it. Well, there's regulations about this too, right? Well, yeah. Different, <laughs> yeah, different, <laughs> different states yeah. uh, recommend, some require, uh, to have trailer brakes. For example, in Colorado, over 3,000 pounds, you must have brakes. Yeah. And it, if you have, have a multiple axles on your trailer, each axle has to have brakes. Uh, exactly. Colorado's you, good on that. Yeah, because we have mountains, right? right? Um, California yeah. has similar regulations, but they actually require brakes that are like 1,500 pounds of trailer. So, I mean, different states uh, uh, manage this differently. Yeah, uh, basically, the rule yeah. of thumb is I wouldn't tow without a brake controller, right? I, I just, you want to be safe. You want to be safe. Yes. I mean, you can do it legally, but is it smart? No. Is it dangerous? Yeah. Uh, I think it gets really dicey, especially if you're in a place where you're going to be going downhill a lot. Yes. Well, yeah, and then you can buy brake controllers that are built into the trailer, too. Like you guys have one, a Prodigy, that you just hook it up to the wiring on the trailer and go. You plug and go. There's several companies making those if you don't want the wires inside or don't want to worry about doing all that hooking up. So yeah, yeah. you've got, you got some alternatives. That's a good solution. So we have, one, we have a Prodigy one where you can actually uh, install it on the trailer, and then you never have to plug it into the truck, and you have a wireless brake controller that you put in the truck. And so it works with the unit that's actually installed on the trailer. So even if you don't have a built-in brake controller, you can have a brake controller. And the upside of that is if you're switching vehicles like we do a lot, right, then it makes sense because you can go from vehicle without a brake controller to another one to another one and and have one, basically. Mm -hmm. There's different aftermarket solutions, absolutely. All right, before we get to the questions, guys, because we're running out of time again, let's talk about the different kinds of trailers. And there's so many different kinds of trailers, right, Kent? Yeah, there is. I mean, and they're all different. They're all different heights, different widths, and different uh, drag of wind. You know, just like the big billboard cargo traders, they have a lot of side winds. So you really want to yeah, so, wait distribution hitch on those. But so, yeah, that's and then, then the the big nose ones, the ones that have a V nose, those are better pulling. Flatbeds are easier to tow. So let's let's just start with kind of the basic trailer, which are flatbeds, right? And those come from kind of ramps to, to they have uh, tilt trailers, right? And those are basically used for hauling cars or hauling stuff. And it's just basically a, a flatbed with wooden slats that you can drive up on, and you can haul like uh, excavators on them. These are the the, the kind of trailers that are the all-purpose kind, right? Lawnmowers, anything, right? Yeah. Right. right. Then the, the yeah. next big, big category I would suspect are like um, horse trailers, and those come in all kinds of different shapes, sizes, and flavors, right? You've got horse trailers yeah. for one horse, for two horse, with living quarters, right? And they get expensive, and they get really fancy. Yeah, they. Yeah, uh, the the thing with the. Uh with those two, it's like a flatbed. You got better visibility unless you're towing all the way to the edge. So they're nicer to tow. You get RVs. A lot of them are eight and a half feet wide, so your mirrors barely can see around the corner. Now that we've got these new camera systems, that's been a big change in how that works. But, yeah, and they all have different, you know, the flatbeds don't resist the wind. You get some of these big cargo traders, and it will push you all over the road, especially in Kansas. Well, now it's Colorado that has all this wind. So, you know, you got yeah, I really appreciate the last big thing we went with Chevy. They had three-quarter tons, which aren't required to have weight distribution. They put it on anyway just for the wind on those big box trailers. 
And that's a whole other conversation about weight distributing hitches. So we'll save that for other show. But we're, so we're talking about uh, different kinds of trailers. We've got flatbeds. We've got horse trailers. You just mentioned the other kind, which are uh, recreational vehicles, right? RV trailers, mm-hmm. campers. Um, well, like a race car hauler. I mean, it's usually a box. Yeah, that's a toy hauler. Uh, like a toy hauler or maybe like a cargo mate like we used to use, right? It's just basically a rectangle on the wheels. Yeah. And they all have their ups and downs, and it really depends on what you're going to do with them. What's the most popular kind, would you say, out there? Well, flat the flatbed's probably yeah. the most popular. Yeah, that's my guess because they're, they're everywhere. Everybody's always got a flatbed. If you don't have any other trailer, that's the one you have. They're and, the you know, there's dump, dump traders. Yeah, they are. And they're, they're, there's dump traders. There's all kinds of traders out there, and they all have different characteristics, you know, and, and, and for different axle sizes and all that for the, for the loads. But we're going to someday do one of the Cimarron tests where they have a, a big, sharp V-nose gooseneck, and then they have a blunt gooseneck, and we're going to pull them and see the difference in fuel mileage because there can be. We've seen that happen with the big flat-nose traders. They suck fuel like crazy. And, you know, that's probably maybe part of your buying decision if you're looking to buy a trader. The last um, five minutes of the show – Let's talk about questions. Uh, Brian writes it and says, I have a question regarding an F-150 with towing. Good question. I'm looking to pull about 6,000-pound camper trailer, and we have been and we have narrowed it down between the 2.7 with the uh, V6 or the 5-liter V8. My local dealership has told me if we equip it with the 2.7 with an axle ratio of 3.73, it will tow just under 9,000 pounds. Once again, you have to go to Ford's website and figure that out, yes. right? And the 5... Yeah liter engine with a 355 axle ratio is rated to tow about the same amount. Both of these trucks are in crew cab short box configuration. From my understanding, both of these trucks would be capable of towing the trailer. However, I'm just looking for an expert opinion as to which of these engines axle ratio combinations will be better. We just looked to lease the truck for three years, so I'm not worried about long-term reliability, just short-term. The truck will be used for towing on weekends and odd trips uh, around the hood and long-distance trailering. So, 2.7 with the uh, 3.73 or the 5-liter with the 3.55. Keep in mind the 2.7 is a turbo, a twin turbo. Well, first of all, I think the dealer is actually correct. Yeah. I think the <laughs> dealer actually looked up the towing charts, okay. towing guides, and the dealer actually gave the correct information, which doesn't always happen, by the way. Right. Um, and you probably need 20-inch wheels to that combination, too. We did this test. Weird. We have a video on the TFL Truck YouTube channel. Yep. So if you want to com- see actually a comparison of very close to what Brian is talking about, uh, we actually have a video uh, fuel efficiency loop. Uh, but, I, but I think uh, it depends on – it sounds like he doesn't want to tow all the time, right? Nope. Just, just Part-time just towing. Part-time towing. So I would go actually uh, with a 5-liter with 355, and my reason for this is – the 355 will give you a little bit better efficiency when you're not towing, um, just in general, um, especially if it's a newer 10-speed automatic transmission. Um, or if you like a little bit of turbo oomph, uh, maybe the 2.7. But what do you think, Mr. Truck? Well, the 2.7's got the, the best fuel mileage of any of the Ford gas engines. So that, for a daily driver, is going to save you money. They're, what they're, about they're the 373 rear end? Well, that's I don't think that's going to be that big of a deal. And I know it's not a, three, a 231 or whatever those small ones are, the 305, whatever the really ridiculous MPG ones are. But I, I think that uh, they still get better fuel mileage in that, that 50. Because uh, when I was doing my research, yeah, I mean, I wanted a 27. If I didn't sell a 250, I would have got one. But it, for fuel mileage, it beats the, the 35 by like two. It beats beats everybody. So then uh, the five liter was below the three five on fuel mileage on the V eight. You know we love the way the V eight sounds, but I would still go with probably with the V eight. 
I, you know, I, I would worry even with all the right axle ratios and everything else on that two liter or that 2.7 uh, twin turbo V6, I would still worry about it with 9,000 pounds. I would go with the five liter too. Yeah, I'm, I'm with the, you. I'm V8. with you guys. I think, I, you know, that Coyote is a hell of a good engine. And it's it sounds been, great. It sounds great. It's been around forever. Nothing wrong with the 2.7. It's a little rocket ship, especially when it's not towing. And probably up here at, you know, a mile above sea level, you're going to get much better performance out of the 2.7 because it's, uh, you know, turbocharged. But in general, I'm a big fan of V8, so I'd go for the V8 as well. Well, guys, there you have it. Thank you for spending almost an hour with us uh, talking trucks. Yeah, um, and trailers. And trailers. <laughs> and yeah, trailers. Way. But, wait, but wait, there's more. I have three more pages. What are you doing? There's there's more, but it'll have to be on the next episode of TFL's Talking Trucks. Uh, Mr. Truck, where should people go if they want to find you? MrTruck.com or MrTruck.tv. And Andre, where should people go if they want to find you? Well, TFLTruck.com. This is where I hang out. Yep. Thank you for joining us. And remember, check out MrTruck.com, TFLTruck.com, or any of our other websites for your latest and greatest news, views, and real-world reviews. See you guys next time. Ciao, boys. Thank you, guys. Stay, Stay safe. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.